When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm back in studio with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, I'm here. Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode for you. As always, this Monday, we'll be talking about league news and the largely incredible week that the Washington Capitals had. Uh, they definitely, I think, can feel that this is do or die time. And luckily, the, I think the whole team's responding, which is great. So, uh, Polly, what do you think? Just uh, cheers to the Caps, pop some tabs, and get it going? Yep. One, two, three. Well, this is more of a coffee day. It is. It is. We are recording quite early. We've got a uh, pretty important roller hockey game that we have to both go to. So we're playing against the only team that's beaten us this year. It's true. So, so we're gonna have to. And they only won by one. So we're gonna have to go out there and just break some dick off. Yeah. If only I could have compete, completed the hat trick, we would have <clears throat> gone to overtime. That's true. I don't think I uh, had a really nice assist. The beer league special there at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, you did to bring us within one. And in case anyone's wondering what the beer league special is, it's when you have a defensive zone faceoff. You win it back to your defenseman. He sends a hail mary. Your guy catches up to it, gets a breakaway, scores. Yeah. So your winger would, as soon as the pucks drop, like, don't worry about playing any defense as long as we win it. And then he, you send one guy. And uh, shout out Adam. This is uh, the guy who caught this pass left-handed on the backhand to finish five hole. Yeah. Uh, and what was it? Hundred foot pass, probably easy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he got it until like top of the circles. Yeah, yeah, it was beauty. So yeah, in roller hockey, there's no uh, offsides or icing or icing. So yeah. uh, you know, much kind of, lower risk. Exactly. Exactly. And just perfect sauce, tape to tape. Pretty incredible play, not going to lie. Yeah. So, you listeners, along with me, I, are going to hold him accountable to this type of performance again today. Of course. 
Yeah, well, of course. I mean, why wouldn't you? And I'm consistent enough where it's it's pretty. It's it's the reg, you know, yeah. just elite Lovely. passing. Yeah. That <laughs> elite passing, you know, just shut down D. I, I do it all, you know. It's tough being a number one D man on on a beer league team. We will allow the Fugazi to continue. <laughs> whatever, whatever. All right. How many points are you going to score tonight? Uh, probably at least five. Five? No, Holy shit. That's, that's, that's a lot. Uh, I hope you do. I would love it. it it'd feel good for my plums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going I'm going to get two points tonight, I think. I'll be conservative. I, I think I'll get three. Yeah. All right. As long as I assist them. Are you going to play forward, you think? Probably. With Adam and Josh out. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, they're both out? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, we might be fucked. Yeah, here we go. All right, whatever. Well, at least we know. We we know we got a game plan. We know we know this team now. So the book's out on them. Yeah. All right. Anyways, we'll let you to, know next week. How right. We're... Exactly. Yeah. We'll we'll let you know if you because we know that you all care. Yeah. You're very highly invested in this. So you actually uh, yeah. listen to the podcast for our beer league updates, not the caps. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh Let's just move on to the league that, you know, people actually care about, and that's the NHL. Uh, the Penguins have moved Alex Nylander in a conditional sixth round for Emil Bimstrom from Columbus. I believe Emil's a defenseman. Uh, no, he might be. A, might just be a forward for forward. Either way, uh, kind of a minor uh, move, but the conditional sixth is basically a deal sweetener. Um and I'm not I didn't read hardcore into the conditions did you no yeah who gives a shit uh, I hope it's a terrible move let's just say that yeah I'm, All on, right. I'm on board with that yeah um some uh <laughs> some pretty interesting news uh revolving around Arizona Adam Rizika got cut by Zona and placed on waivers after posting a video to his Instagram showing a cut line and a credit card on a plate uh of, with white powder, right? So like a white powder line cut and then a vial of what looks like more white powder that he flaunts as well in the Instagram picture. I feel like this was a reel that he put on Instagram. Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? I, I don't know if he did that on accident or what. Um, maybe he was trying to snap <clears throat> it to some chicks or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what his deal is there. Uh, and, you know, the internet is aflame with all sorts of different takes on this, man. They're like, well, you know, every pro athlete does drugs and, like, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, I think the best one, though, that I've seen is that guy does drugs immediately gets cut. And Adam Rizika is not a good player by any means, I don't think. Uh, you know, he's kind of like a bubble player on Zona's squad, which is not good. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's, he's, there's that going for him. But then people were like, oh, hey, you know, we're all just, all this sexual abuse and all this stuff that's happened, we'll just, you know, we'll brush that under the fucking rug. Uh, but, you know, God forbid a guy does a fucking little nose beer on his day off. True. I mean, uh, this is classic NHL, right? You know, try to cover up the more serious thing and, cut a guy who's doing something that really is way less bad than what the other guys are 
stuff. So you are you're on the you're on the same boat that this the drug use is far less uh, heinous than sexual abuse. Absolutely. <laughs> Me, uh, I think so too. I think, I think so the, too. The only uh, benefit, I guess, you could give to the NHL and the Coyotes here is that there's video proof of it. So, like, oh yeah, this there's is no denying there, it out right. there for the world to see. So I guess they kind, I mean, they can't ignore it. You know, there's no question here. Yes, this did not look like some deep fake AI. This looked like yeah. this looked like a man in his apartment doing coke alone. Yeah. So while <laughs> drugs are without a doubt way less serious than sexual assault, with this being so out in the open and obvious, you know, he had to expect this would happen. He made the decision easy. Let's just say yeah. that. Um and yeah, I mean, but I guess the hypocrisy of it all is that there's crimes that some would say are victimless. And I think that they would probably consider drug abuse victimless uh, since the only person you're hurting by consuming drugs is yourself uh, rather than a victim crime where obviously all of this sexual abuse stuff is 100% a victim, victim filled crime. Very true. Yeah. So uh, stupid move by Rizika. I guess he'll enjoy playing in the K. Or if he can even make that league, I don't know. Well, we do have a comment. Oh, do we? From one of our super fans. What, uh, oh, what the fuck is his hair? Is so, it which hair? Your hair? My hair? My hair. Oh, that's your wife. Yeah, my <laughs> wife doesn't like my haircut. This is the first time she's seeing it. Is on the on the stream. I do not have a mohawk. That's just what it looks like. Um... <laughs> I think it was a pretty good haircut. It looks better in person. Uh, it's a little mushy right now, but you know, I think I think she's gonna like it. So your your defense is you had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to see it in person first, Liz. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> hopefully she likes it in person more. But uh, initial initial reactions do not recommend. No, no. Um, she's not a fan. All right. Well, moving on. Let's look at some injuries. Vitek Vanacek was injured uh, for the Devils on February 10th against the Canes. Kind of flew under the radar there. We totally missed that one. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And that's why Dawes was in net when we played him. Okay. Um, it seems like Vitek has carved out quite the number one-ish position there uh, in, in Jersey, which is well-deserved. We miss him. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think the big thing that we have to look at with New Jersey and, and their fans is – what a bunch of fucking mouth breathers. They're already bringing back Fire Lindy after getting stomped by the Caps. Uh, all right. Haven't you learned your lesson? Haven't haven't Devils fans learned their lesson yet? They started the Fire Lindy chant. Then they had to literally apologize to him last season. And then he gets re-upped for a couple years, I believe. And now they're back to fire. I mean, come on. Make up your fucking minds. Yeah, it's not a good look. And uh, it's just... Why? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, you made your bed there. Uh, Jersey fans, I guess, sleep in it. Um, Mark Stone and Eichel, or Mark Stone's out long term for the Vegas Knights. Eichel, who's been injured for a while, is nearing return. Um, the Vegas Knights, I think, are well within a playoff spot, but trying to do the uh, the whole repeat is, you know, with all these injuries stacking up, it's not going to be easy. No, I, I don't see him doing it. 
Well, I hope not. Jesus Christ. They, it's, they're lucky enough to have one cup already. Yeah. There's, there's only one team in that town that needs to be winning, and they're silver and black. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, congratulations to George McPhee or whatever to get to get that cup. But uh, And he, he did an expert job of holding people over the barrel when the, when the team was uh, conceived. So good for them, but uh, that's enough. Yeah. I think they can fade into obscurity. Go away for 50 years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, that's about it for league news, but we do have a great offer for you from DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The, crowd is, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age. Varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Polly, what do you think? Get into the uh, Washington wraparound? Let's do it. All right, Caps fans, look. Uh, this week was pivotal in keeping the playoff hopes alive. It's still a long shot, that's for sure. But we started the week almost 10 points out. And, you know, now we're really on the cusp. Um, I'm looking at the standings right now, and, I, I mean, we've definitely improved our position. Uh, unfortunately, some of the teams that we wanted to lose this week did not. But we are still, you know, 61 points uh, is where we're at. New Jersey has 62 and they're outside looking in by five points on Tampa Bay. And we are a six points outside the Metro Division third spot with that Phillies holding. What do you think, Paul? I mean, you think we've got a chance? I mean, if the boys keep showing up, you know, uh, Mantha, Protus, uh, McMichael, they're not slowing down. They're driving this team right now. I think, I think there's a chance at the playoffs. That's Don't forget Stromer. Stromer's yeah, Strom. yeah. putting the fucking team on his back in some cases as well. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I think Bruce Boudreaux said it really well. It's like, you know, if you think about in the last 30 games, you got to win 20. That sucks. But if you just think about it, hey, let's win two out of three games and maybe pick up a loser point on the third. And if you continue just grinding that out and we do that throughout the stretch, down the stretch – you know, I think that that's a, a pretty strong, you know, you can't think too big because winning 20 games out of 30, that seems like a huge feat. Yeah. But just what's the next game? What's the next goal? Keep your, keep, be short-sighted here. I think is what the Washington Capitals have to do. And I think they were very short-sighted throughout this week, which is great. Yeah. I think in a, in a long season, it's easy to not be short-sighted. It's easy to think about the big picture, but I agree if they're, one game at a time. Oh. Sorry, one game at a time. I think this is doable. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and the Caps, that resonated. The Washington Capitals came into this week. <clears throat> huge four-point swing against New Jersey, uh, who, again, is just one point ahead of us now in the standings. Uh, this We ended up winning this game 6-2. to two, Incredibly convincing win. Uh, by the way, we're going to try to do a little bit of a different format. Instead of giving you like the boring play-by-play, uh, we're just going to you know talk about the games as a whole and, and, and kind of what we liked. Um, and hopefully we're not really getting into just like telling you what happened. I hope that you watch the games. Let us know in the comments if you like this or not. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, ultimately a 6-2 win on a four-point four swing uh, and then triggering the New Jersey fan base to say fire the coach – that always feels good, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're getting to the fans and dominating the team, you know, what more can you ask for there? Yeah, and I mean, you know, we talked about that second line, right? You know, McMichael dings one, you know, gets one off early, um, you know, and then just kind of it was it was really back and forth in the beginning. But in the second, uh, the second line, the second period really came to play here. Uh, Connor McMichael had the first two goals of the game and the second goal was absolutely hands team play but the first goal was him just going hard to the net picking up a rebound and using his his hands to to put it into the net Um, and not only has this second line been good offensively they've really bought in to the back check you know right after uh, on the second goal like Protus broke up a play on the back check you know if you watch this play, which was McMichael's second goal, if rewind it to about a minute before it happened, Alexei Protus starts back checking, loses his man momentarily, and literally stop like stops a power stride for like two strides, and that was enough for him to be beat to the net. Though he saw that player go and busted his ass to catch up, and ended up being able to stick lift him from behind. And that's what started the play going the other way that eventually got to McMichael and dangled. I mean, that type of margin of error is how slim it it it, it takes for an NHL play to happen and, and really find its way, find the puck in the back of your own net. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that effort by Protus is, the you know, like you said, it takes it from possibly New Jersey scoring. Yeah. We're looking at a whole different game right now. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it goes up the other end. McMichael scores. I mean, that's what's good. It's going to take for the Capitals to win is to win these little battles, not give up when they think they're beaten. And making these kind of plays are going to be the difference between making the playoffs and missing. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that's what when NHLers talk about. Got to keep your feet moving. Got to get pucks deep. Got to back check hard. You know, those all seem like trivial things. But ultimately, you know, going back to the basics and just giving 110% effort every shift in this sense is what has been, I think, the difference maker. Also, I think that the Washington Capitals have shifted their offensive uh, strategy to crashing the net more. And now, and Carberry said it. Now the guys are getting rewarded for crashing the net. They're getting there. They're getting pucks in, and you know they're they're capitalizing off a rebound or off a mishandle in front. You know whatever it may be, uh, guys are getting rewarded, and and that was a common theme this last week is that two or three guys straight to the net as soon as a shot's on, 
and you know Beck Malenstein, Connor McMichael, Protus. I mean, all these guys are, are capitalizing in front of the net. It's huge. I think that that's been one of the big things that has shifted and finally stuck with the Washington Capitals. Uh, something that we've been asking for all season. They're finally doing. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know Ovi's second goal in this game was him in low crashing the net. I mean, I think in addition to team success, you know, first of all, having your big time goal scorer playing that way is yep. huge. But I think in terms of him chasing down this record, if he continues to follow this plan and he's crashing the net, he's going to be able to get a lot more goals than just sitting around and waiting for it. Yep, absolutely. And instead of playing decoy, getting in the mix a little bit more and then leading by example, showing the other guys that, look, we're getting rewarded by crashing the net. Everybody needs to get there. Um, unfortunately, during this game, Dow did take a hit to the face, which I can't believe wasn't a penalty. It happened right in front of the ref, and uh, the player that hit him got only his head. You know, he almost buttoned him, uh, you know, knocked him clean out. Uh, unfortunately, that lands Dowd on the IR list with this uh, with this hit to the head, which is brutal. Um, talk about terrible timing. Nick Dowd must just want to stay with the Washington Capitals. Yes, yeah, right. You know, um, so super unfortunate there that Dowd goes down. But you know what? Ovi scored two uh, during this game, which you love to see. Um, and at the time of Ovi's uh, goal, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, uh, Stromer, Stromer started up in the third. So at the time of this, though, the Caps are getting outshot 33 to 19. So unlike some of the other games that we're seeing this, uh, this week, the Washington Capitals are continuing to get outshot. And, you know, something that was interesting to me, Carberry said, um, the, during the cup run, the Washington Capitals had a high shooting percentage and they were really not pumping as much rubber as you'd think on the net. In fact, that they were the, he said they were the last team in shots. Well, you know, it's. I feel like there's two schools of thought in terms of when you want to get goals. Either shoot everything, right, or make sure it's a quality chance, right. So, um, you know, if if you're picking the right stuff, that's a good uh, a good game plan. You just yeah. have to make sure you're capitalizing. And I mean, 2018, we had a, a guys who were having career years. We had guys who were absolutely feeling themselves. The fourth line was on fire. You know, I mean, we had a lot of depth uh, during that run compared to especially the Vegas Knights uh, in the finals. So that was a really big deal. This is a completely different team, though, now. Um, and I believe that because there's less skill, uh, we're going to have to get more shots on net and clean up dirty garbage goals, man. Absolutely. I mean, and, play the play the ugly game. Right. That's what they need to do right now. And you've got to play to your strengths. And unfortunately, we just don't have the sniper guy who can go in and absolutely bury. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, we have no automatic goal guys, right? Yeah. Even Stromer when he's on a breakaway, like while he's come so far and he's working on a career year, he's not there yet. Uh, you know, having a a true legitimate sniper like you know a Max Pack ready in his prime. Or, you know, I, I really wouldn't even consider Ovechkin a true sniper. He's just mostly, like, wins with power. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I think that the closest guy that we have that's a sniper 
the three guys that come to mind when I think about snipers is uh, Anthony Mantha, Max Pacioretty, and TJ Oshie. And then maybe to a lesser degree, Connor McMichael. Yeah, I was going to say that earlier. Um, I think McMichael just needs to keep getting these hard work and dirty goals. And a couple of years from now, he'll be getting into a lot more of the pretty stuff. Yeah. But I, I think this is how he builds confidence, you know, gets his game underneath of him. And then we'll see the fruit of that later on. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen guys who've lived and died by the rule of the sniper, right? Um, Sprong, Verona, mm-hmm. guys who were touted as snipers and are legitimate snipers, but were unable to, you know, when you get in a cold streak and you're not scoring for 10 games and that's all you're hanging your hat on, it's really easy to get you, you know, moved. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to play that game, you need to be as consistent as Stamkos if you want to stay in the lineup. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, shout out Scarbosa, first goal of the season in this game. Yep, absolutely. Seven minutes left, going harder than that. A great, uh, a great place. I think he's fit in pretty well. Um, I like his two-way game. Uh, I think he drives play. He's got uh, better than you'd think vision. I think you know. I think that's a, a you know, a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's. I'm glad to see Scarbosa fitting in. I think that he's uh, gonna probably stay in the lineup pretty consistently. Uh, until guy until we until we start getting guys back. So while we did bank a ton of points, it did not come without costs. Almost every game somebody went down during uh, during this uh, week. As soon as we had gotten everybody back, Milano comes back. You know the two guys that are on IR are Backstrom and Kuznetsov. You know Kuznetsov is is in the player assistance program. Backstrom with the hip, uh, and he may be you know done. Um, those two guys aside, those were the only people on IR until Dowd took a hit literally the first game back for Milano uh, in New Jersey here. Um, Halla got a nice feed in the end for a neutral zone play that I think, you know, JC and Scarbosa really just got caught with their pants down. It was a nice pass in the neutral zone. And Hall is a guy who can go straight line quick. He went in and got a breakaway, got that goal, um, which is tough to see when we've got three guys back. But it happens. It was a nice pass. It was just kind of like a quick reload. Um, not something that you'd love to see, but by the time, by this point, we were up pretty, pretty good. And then with a late PP, Ovi converted off an incredibly nice pass from Strom. And that's all she wrote. Six to two win. Love to see it. That's a four point swing. That's, that's, you know, that's a win that's both needed and convincing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as we moved on to Tampa Bay, uh, you know, again, the Caps come out in the first, and I've found that their starts have been getting much better. Um, unfortunately, I do find that as a trend, especially when you look at shot totals, they taper off pretty drastically every period. So, you know, the Caps come out swinging. They hope to get an early goal. They hope to go up big in the first, and then the second, they just kind of try to plateau. Uh, because by the third, their production really peters off as the other team is pushing harder and as they're maybe getting tired or whatever it may be. But for the past couple of weeks, it seems like the Washington Capitals have really come out strong. And then from there, it kind of peters off. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like they don't they don't have the juice to hold it all game. It seems like that, which is somewhat worrying, especially when we're talking about a playoff team. But 
uh, hey, we're banking points and that's all we really need to be thinking about right now. Uh, early on, Oshie and Nicholas Abe-Kubel went straight to the net during this game. And I thought that was awesome because that shows that there's like the confidence is an all time high. You know, you're ready. You're not trying to like dish it to the perfect pass. You're just head down trying to go to the net. Let's get some shots on. Let's not think about it too much. Uh, and then we'll try to clean up a rebound. Nicholas Abe-Kubel ends up converting on the second one, and, you know, the boys are buzzing. So love to see that confident play from two different lines, and that's resonating throughout the lineup. Yeah, you know, uh, Abe-Kubel scoring against the Avalanche, scoring against Tampa Bay, he's showing up in big games. Nicholas Abe-Kubel? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's why uh, Carberry likes him, plus he puts in a lot of work. Yeah, he's fast. Yep, and I mean... uh, his effort in this game promoted him to the first line look at uh, in the set in the third game uh, against Florida, but um, you know Tampa Bay at home. I mean, at, in their arena, right? Because this was a Florida trip. Um, you know, the Caps had a PK or a power play, then had to PK. But after the PK, the Caps didn't turtle. You know, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they took their took their licks and, and got right back into it. After this, though. Gotta love St. Thomas doing things. You know, he was on the fourth line. He's been moving up and down the lineup, which some people may say is a demotion, but I feel like that just shows the confidence that Carberry has in a player like Tom Wilson to be able to move him into any slot and be able to perform. Um, But in this game, he was out there with McMichael and and I think uh, Protus. But either way, Great play by Tom Wilson playing the body. Staples Flurry to the boards. Flurry absolutely heard footsteps, dude. He got scared. He he kind of biffed the clear pass on a weak backhand, took the hit, got absolutely smashed, and it resulted in a turnover that found its way to McMichael, who again was cutting through right in front of the crease and was able to bury a one-time snapshot. Short side on Vasilevsky. Huge goal. Yeah, huge. Another two-goal game by McMichael. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> this guy was two games in a row, two goals, two games. Yeah. Um, I think he's feeling it. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, and, and of course you open up Twitter and everybody's like, fuck Peter Laviolette. But look, this is the progression of Connor McMichael. You know, this is what it takes to develop, uh, you know, a, a solid middle six guy in the NHL who's going to score 20, you know, a 20 goal guy. You know, that's what we hope that Connor McMichael will eventually become, yeah. you know, uh, and he's such a symmetrical player when it comes to scoring. Uh, if you look at his career stats, man, like he's really only a couple goals away from his assist total uh, at any given time throughout a, throughout a, a, a season, which is crazy to think, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, very balanced. Um, I think he plays a very good, balanced, uh, balanced game. I, I, I'm looking forward to what he has in the future. And um, I mean, I think he needed his time to develop. I don't think he was ready until this season. I don't think so either, man. I really don't. And I think that a confidence was a huge thing. I think it's a mental game, man. You know, like people don't understand how hard it is to be under that pressure to like not be sent down and, and, and to stay in the NHL. Guys talk about it all the time. Like making the NHL was the easy part. Staying relevant in the NHL was the harder part that you have to grind out every fucking day. Yeah. 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 I mean, getting to the mountain and staying on the mountain. 
two very different things. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, what awaits, what awaits you at the top of the mountain, but lightning. Yeah. Right. I think that's Nietzsche. Which the lightning lost this game. Right. I, I thought the caps played a nice hard, fast game in an, a very electric environment. Yeah. Um, you know, we said McMichael had two, Albie Kubel. Then there was also Mantha and Sandine. Yeah, wait, wait, um, wait. Let's talk about, well, before we get to the Sandine goal, let's talk about that Mantha goal because in the second period, the slump came again, right? I yeah. mean, we were starting to get pushback. The Tampa Bay Lightning were trying their hardest to tilt the ice. And a team like that, just like any other team in the NHL, is going to be able to wrestle momentum away from you if you're not, if you're going to let it happen yeah. right um so the second period slump was really in, in in full effect uh and they ended up giving up a hagel goal off the rush strom couldn't get into position to make a block which is kind of like a, a tough play on the rush with with these goals the washington capitals are rarely completely out of position you know they have guys back which is really encouraging to see and we've talked about it like last last monday's episode we talked about how the Washington Capitals get in position, they just aren't taking that next step to tie somebody up. Right. And that's a combination of how fast the play is going and you know the confusion in which the offense is bringing to them. But ultimately, uh, the Washington Capitals need to find that just like extra effort to, to tie, lift a stick, get a body in front because they are constantly in good position. And this was a great example of it. Hagel just gets a little time and space and fires it, and Strom just a little too late to block the shot. Um, it was a good play. It was a good play, though. You know, I guess the pot. The, I'm just trying to say the silver lining of this all is that typically when the Washington Capitals get scored on, uh, they have they are in okay position. Yeah, I mean it's something they can work on. They're yeah. not just getting blown out of the water. Right. I mean, it's better than being like, wow, we just got completely undressed and nobody was close. Right. Which is what we saw sometimes early in the season and especially last season and processing seasons between the cup win and now. Um, But the Manthicle, absolute beauty. Strom coming in, just perfect sauce, dude. Like that puck landed on the ice as Mantha is shooting it. Like, it was a perfect, just hands, one-time goal. Great pass, great finish by Mantha, who's absolutely on fire right now. Yeah, I mean, if you want to score on Vasilevsky, that's the kind of stuff you got to do. Got to make a move. Yeah. Yep. You have to create open space. Yep, absolutely. Um, You know, I think that this was... One thing that I did see was that, like, you know, Mantha buried off that one-timer. And that was after, like, that was, like, three shifts after a goal was given up from Hagel after kind of getting exposed a little bit in positioning. Um, I think that it's pretty – I mean, I think that the Carberry showed a lot of confidence because as soon as we got scored on, he sent the fourth line over the boards. Yeah. So, you know, the Caps are back to, you know, the Adam Oates days where we would start with our, our checking line. I like that style. Yeah, might as well. Like, put some speed and physicality up first, beat them up a little bit, show them, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth, right? Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, they get into the third with the lead, and then uh, Tampa Bay showed up and scored two quick ones, like three minutes in. And again, that's what I'm talking about with, like, that slump, right? As the game goes on, 
the Caps seemed to peter off. Um, and obviously, Ethan, and, and on these two goals, it was just really tough uh, because the last 10 minutes of this game were absolutely electric. This whole game was incredibly uh, fun to watch. But the last 10 minutes were like absolutely crazy because Ethan Bear gets burned by Paul. And it was a breakaway, resulted in a breakaway. And then um, I think it was Patches that got stripped on the Mott goal, coming back up, trying to break it out, just a stick lift straight to the net, unopposed for a Barry. So, you know, Lindgren got dinged for too quick, but there were literally breakaways. It was just a one-on-one with him and the shooter. Um, but not to be dissuaded, the Washington Capitals fire back. Uh, Strom tips in one, and then it comes back for offsides. Literally like a fucking inch offsides. Just when we thought we were past this. I know, dude. And like, maybe it's, I, I so I've always been like, well, those are the rules. And it's like, but is it, a, and, and I've always just been like, well, you know, people are like, we should take away the offsides rule and things like that with the goal review. Um, or, or make it like if it, ha- if the goal happens, like not off that rush or something, right. which is what happened. It didn't, you know, we went in offsides, some shit happened and then it went to the point and then we tipped it in. Right. So that's like a completely different play. Yeah. Um, it just seems like this is a needless thing and it's, I'm definitely being a homer here, but hurt Homer. Well, no, I mean, I think, uh, I think I said earlier in the season, like they should have a limited time to challenge. Um, if not that, I like the idea, like, if if it's not directly related, then it shouldn't be reviewable. You know, five, ten seconds after it happens, you know, irrelevant. Or just like a change in possession. If a change in possession happens, yeah, and then, you know, they forecheck it back, you can't challenge for offsides anymore. Yeah. Or you had a chance to clear it, and you didn't. Right. You had possession. And I don't mean they just touched it. Right, they have to have legitimate possession, as in like if it was a penalty, they would stop the play. Right. Um, so legitimate possession, uh, that would be, I think, a good indicator. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I mean, whatever. Totally a heartbreaker at this point, and it looked bleak for the Washington Capitals. Right. Uh, and then to compound it, Oshi, just a, a weird kind of play where he entered the zone doubled back and then trying to keep it uh trying to dish just like a five foot pass over to john carlson and he goes down without any contact um when i saw this i was like "Ooh, i don't know i mean the he had to crawl off the ice and then he sat on the bench and shimmied over to the uh to the locker room um when i first saw this i was like okay well that's either an achilles or a I, i mean it could have been a groin but as I looked at it again, I thought it was going to be a back issue. And I think that's what it is. I think TJ Oshie fucked his back up. Ugh. Yeah. We're never going to know. I don't, and we may not know the extent of it, but, yeah. uh, Osha's had back problems in the back in the, in the past. Um, and you know, that's why he stopped playing golf during the season. You know, golf's pretty tough on your back, uh, yeah. with the rotation. Um, and the way he plays, I mean, I'm sure the his discs are fucked. Yeah, I'm sure that the cartilage in between his discs are absolutely worn to the fucking max. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that that's what happened to him. Um, you know, 
you can't underestimate how much. I mean, I don't. I don't think it can be understated how much TJ Oshie means to this team. Uh, just with his grind style and his physicality and his jump, he's just such a beauty, and I hate to see it. I mean, it was a really scary situation. So, you know, at this point, we're kind of like tied up, and like everything's really, uh, really not looking good. But with five minutes left. We finally get some blue line scoring off of Sandine. Incredible pass from Protus. Just using that big body to, to shield the puck behind the net. Heads up. Threads a nice pass to Sandine, who absolutely snipes. Love to see it. That's something that the Washington Capitals have not had. Uh, I think that there's like six goals between the whole blue line all season, which is embarrassing. Yeah. You know? Uh, so... Uh, any any blue line scoring is a positive for for the Washington Capitals right now, and they got it. And then with uh, an empty net goal from McMichael off of an Ovi feet. Yeah, love to see it. Ovi getting points. <clears throat> McMichael another two game goal or two goal game. Yep. And what's that mean? It's a fucking winning streak, baby. Yeah, buddy. We're on a we're on a short lived winning streak at this point. We go into Florida, um, and look, you know. This game, I thought, was a perfect road game against one of the top teams in the East. Uh, the Washington Capitals played an incredibly boring first period, uh, and you know that's what we like to see. So, unfortunately, though, early in this period, uh, or, or like midway through, I'm sorry, Jensen did go down off of a hook, which got called. He fell awkwardly, and uh, it just a bad fall. You know, him, Feviari, TJ Oshie, Nick Dowd, you know, all of a sudden, every game we're getting a guy injured. Fortunately for Jensen, though, he did come back, so he's okay. Probably just tweaked something. Maybe need a little massage or a little cortisone shot, you know, some Russian gas, whatever. Uh, but he did return. Love to see him tough that out. Hopefully it's not nagging. Um, but that, uh, you know, so we, we at the at this point, again, though, we've still got Dowd down. We've got TJ Oshie down. In February, went down, I think, against the Canadiens on an awkward fall. So, tough to see. Um, in the second, a tip-in went in for Cousins uh, five minutes in. I mean, up to this point, though, the Caps, I felt, were in pretty good control. So, the Caps, you know, slowing down the breakout is, I think, that something that Carberry likes to see. And, you know, getting set and running the rotation and finding a guy in the neutral zone with time and space is huge. And I also think that that kills the clock and, and it holding it in their own zone without just like randomly dumping it again behind the net, like Todd fucking Rudin made us do is it really is starting to throw teams a little bit. It's kind of a, just a controlled breakout and, and possession focused uh, breakout here. Uh, it's frustrating at times, but I think the Washington Capitals are executing it pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. And it's it's a good way to like kill clock and keep possession and make sure that they're dictating play. And I thought that the Washington Capitals did a lot of that and kept the puck away from the Panthers. And when they did have it, uh, it was coming from the outside. So Charlie Ingram was able to snap it up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dubé, who was just who this is his first time drawing into the lineup. Uh, Got a breakaway and absolutely sniped post. We hit two or three posts this game, which super frustrating. Yeah, both teams did actually. Yeah, um, but you know, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, <laughs> we only care about the post hit by the Washington Capitals because you know that's something that we can at least uh, 
you know, lean on. Now, we had they had what Stolars in in net, not Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they were on uh, second leg of a back to back or something. That's why he wasn't in. Um, but in the uh, in the second, Mantha took a penalty on a back check on Cousins, um, which I think was a good penalty. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was quite the rush, and he definitely stopped the legitimate scoring chance. Then Cousins slashed him back because Cousins is a little fucking rat. Um, And that just made Hulk mad. And Anthony Mantha (laughs) just turned on him, dropped the gloves, and absolutely unloaded on Cousins. I mean, he hit him square in the face a couple times. I mean, this was... Cousins had... Didn't want any of that smoke. Like, he stepped up to the plate, props to Cousins for that, but absolutely got dominated in the fight. Yeah, he did. Which... This made me feel incredibly warm inside because Anthony Mantha, his entire career has got shit on for not using his big frame to hit more and to mix it up more and fight and, you know, play like that, play to his size, right? I mean, I think that the the scouting report for Anthony Mantha is that he's uninterested in physical play. He's kind of a diva. He wants to get past two and he's got an excellent, you know, really elite snipe. Um, and that's kind of how he's, he's, he's JJ Frankie JJ, right? He's just... Yeah. He's that big fucking dude who has great hands, a good vision, and an absolute fucking ripper, uh, though he's not really interested in like fighting or hitting people. Um, Anthony Mantha dropping the gloves for the Caps, which is something that he didn't do in Detroit, and which is what got him ultimately ousted from that organization. Uh, but he wants to do it for the Caps. I mean, talk about a guy who's fucking feeling himself, right? Yeah. Working on a career year. Burying consistently on both sides of the puck, you know, playing defensively decently well, and then, you know, getting a little frustrated during a really important game and just feeding some dude and just absolutely beating the shit out of Nick Cousins. What else? What more could you ask for? Right. Love to see it. So the uh, the Caps ended up being one man down, but uh, Mantha does take uh, or Cousins off. For five minutes. And then at this point, through the fray, Jensen ends up returning, which is great. Um, And then the Caps got a power play. And this was a beautiful passing play. Did you you see this replay? The Uh, Milano goal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love to see what Milano's bringing to the – since coming back. I mean, he's been productive on the score sheet. But also, I love to see him back check. You'll see him break up plays – Love the speed. Love the creativity that he brings. I mean, um, I think that he's a really underrated player, and I think it was a really savvy pickup to extend him with Strom. Yeah, I <clears throat> I like what Milano has, and I think he's just going to keep going up. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's great to see that a coach like Carberry isn't obviously wants him to play a right way, especially when he's off puck, but it seems like Carbs has really let – Guys like Milano, guys like Mantha, guys like McMichael uh, and Strom, use and 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 to a larger extent Kuznetsov when he was in the when he was in the lineup, he really does trust those guys offensively to be creative, and he you know he knows that sometimes it's not going to work out, and he's going to try to you know give them pointers it seems along the way, but he's not cutting off their creativity, which is great, and I think that Milano has really benefited from that. I look at Sonny Milano and I think that that's what they wish Matthew Phillips was a little bit more 
uh, impactful in the way that Sonny Milano is. But I look at them as two players that are very similar with extending the play and uh, has better than you'd think hands and, and finishing ability. So when they do extend the play, it ultimately, you know, provide, you know, it, it's a bad news for the other team, you know. So Caps did tie it up with nine minutes in the third, though. St. Thomas buries a, a rush to the net. Love to see it. Yeah, it was a beautiful play. I mean, that's straight-up power forward shit. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think that Ryan Leonard is getting a lot of comparisons to Tom Wilson because I think they both play that power forward uh, archetype, which we've talked about in the past has been almost a, a dying breed. Like who is a power? Like there's a couple power, power forwards in the league, but uh, it seems like the more finesse dangle guys are getting a little bit more play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in an era where the power forward seems to be dying, I love to see there's a bit of a resurgence there yeah. and that the caps are still drafting the power forward archetype. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. Um, ultimately though, uh, it went into, uh, it went into overtime, unfortunately, late in regulation after the fight. Mantha ended up going down the tunnel and did not return. Um, just when we thought at the end of regulation that I wasn't going to have to talk about fucking Carter Verhage this whole episode, yeah. he ends up tying it up. Man, dude, Carter Verhage, I don't know what it is about playing the Caps, but he always lights us up. It started in the playoffs when we played him, and it hasn't stopped since. The guy's a fucking liability on the ice out there. Yeah. Well. <clearly> I mean, a 40-goal 40, 40 scorer before, I believe. Yeah. You know, he he's a cap killer. He is, man. Uh, absolute caps killer. And, and I it just so annoying. So annoying to, to see Carter Verhaeg. You know, uh, I just, I hate playing against that guy. I'm sure the Caps do, too. He just always makes it happen, dude. Unreal. Um, ended up losing an OT to a Forsling goal. But overall, incredible game, I thought. Yeah. I think that the Panthers are both head and shoulders above the Washington Capitals on paper and on the ice. Yeah. The Washington Capitals took them to OT, stole a point, and only sacrificed one point in the... Um, in the week out of the available six, we got five and, you know, honestly at the end of this game, I already had like caps are a wagon tweet chambered. I had it chambered and I was ready to fire it off. I was going to be, if, if the caps would have won against Florida in Rego or an OT, if they would have got two points out of Florida, because look, the Florida Panthers are so far ahead of the caps in the standings. It doesn't, there's like the four point swing is really nothing. Yeah. But I literally had, like, caps or a wagon, chambered tweet, ready to fire it off if they won. Um, and then, you know, I'm kind of glad. I, I was ready to start planning the Stanley Cup parade. <laughs> I was, dude, I was, like I said, I was, I'm not joking when I say I was, like, so far on of getting ready. The bullshit level inside of me for the caps was just so, oh, it was so close to absolutely overflowing, like, a fucking geyser. Uh, that I'm kind of glad that the Washington Capitals lost in OT just so I wouldn't have like insane hope for this team to go win the cup. Yeah. It's good for your mental health. It is, you know, keeps you grounded. Yeah. Right. You know, reality comes back, slaps you down a bit, you know, Hey, calm down. Washington Capitals still have, you know, 
five points, six points to to get into a playoff spot. But huge ground made this week. Yeah, for sure. This was, this was a good week. It was. It, honestly, due to the timing, due to everything that has been going on, best week of the season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And let's hope that it doesn't stop here. Again, got to go back to Gabby's advice. Two out of three wins. Let's get two out of three wins. And if we can get an OT loss in that third one, hey, you know, we may have a fighting chance at a wild card spot, third third spot in the Metro. Like, you know, other teams may have to shit the bed. We don't have many division uh, matchups coming up down the stretch. So, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, we play twice uh, before the end of the season, which is, those are, I think, going to be pretty impactful games. We're yeah. probably going to be neck and neck with them, uh, trying to get into the playoffs. Um, but ultimately, uh, OT losses are probably going to be important for us moving forward because of the interdivisional play being at the minimum. Yeah. OT losses are, uh, you know, if the Caps are going to lose, they need to go to OT. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, look, I'm not completely back on my bullshit as if it was an undefeated week, but the Caps have absolutely delivered in the hope column. They're not completely dead in the water. This could have been a week that put them completely out of reach. If we would have lost all the games, I think that playoffs would have been completely out of reach at this point. Yeah. Um, hope is still alive. And damn you, Washington Capitals, for you know keeping us in the mix. Yeah. Damn you and your hope. Yeah. It's a powerful thing, hope is. Um, I'm not ready to start planning the Stanley Cup parade, but... Let's get a couple more wins and maybe I will. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, so, with this week in the books, man, I mean, what do you think McClellan's going to do at deadline? Do, do you think he still sells? And we still he, have a couple, like what? We still have another week. I think he's weighing his options. Dude, I... There's we've talked about, I, and I've talked about on my game streams for the PSF app, which I'll be talking about more on Thursday. It's going to be a shameless plug uh, for PSF, but uh, you know we've I've been talking about trade options for like weeks now, and ultimately the problem that we're facing is that there's not a lot available. There's not a lot of improvement available. Uh, we could collect some draft picks like via Dowd. Even Mantha, uh, you know, Patches, Edmondson. I think that the Washington Capitals should probably jettison the UFAs for next season. And with Dowd making so little, I think that that would be a good time to get rid of him as well. Um, I also, unfortunately, think that Charlie Lindgren is probably on the chopping block as well as we get closer. Ugh. He's, I know, he's played so well. I would love instead to move Kemper, but he Lindgren's so cheap. Uh, it would be a great pickup by Edmonton, you know, uh, uh, any of the any of the teams who, you know, maybe are questioning their goaltending right now going in, down the stretch. Um, but like I said, we got to stay grounded in, the, in these trying times, and uh, I have to believe that. I think that the best. So let me put it this way: I think best case scenario as Caps fan. What I would love to see is McClellan move for a 23 to 25 year old guy who has a ton of 
upside on the offensive potential. Who those guys are, I have no idea. You know, I'm a big Anthony DeClaire fan. I was I was hoping that maybe we'll get somebody like that um, from San Jose. But, you know, we need a, a top six score would be great. And hopefully he's young. Yeah. And from there, you know, who knows what the blue line is going to look like with Fairviari out. But I think we're deep enough on the blue line uh, to get that done. And I think that we can bank some some picks now, this next year's draft is not particularly strong, after, especially when compared to last year's draft, which was fucking legendary. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what that does. Obviously, building through the draft is key, uh, but maybe we bank picks to position them in the offseason once the Cup's been awarded and trying to find some value there, you know, sh- shuffling off some picks for some hockey trades. Ultimately, what I don't want to see is... So ultimately what I'd love to see is us move all the UFAs coming up and uh, get a top six forward in return, plus some picks. I'd love to see us keep both goaltenders. If we're going to move a goaltender, I'd love to see Kemper gone. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out that way. I think Lindgren is probably getting much more attention right now as our starter. Uh, And... It, you know, it may be time for him to go, which sucks so bad. Um, but there's a lot of buzz around our AHL goaltenders. So um, that basically all that to say, I think the Caps are still going to sell quite a bit at the deadline. Yeah, I, I think. Um, we don't have any current UFAs. Next year, we've got Next what, year. isn't it? Yeah, Mantha. Mantha's expiring, right? Mantha, Pacioretty, Edmondson, Albie Kubel, and Edmondson. Yeah. And Lindgren. Right. They're all UFAs yeah. at the end of the season, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, unless we're going to extend Lindgren, which we really don't have the bank to do because we've committed to Kemper, how many years does Kemper have left? One after this year, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought we gave him five. He's got three years left. Oh, God. See, you know, I think we might be stuck with Kemper, dude, which sucks. Um, And Kemper's not a bad goalie, don't get me wrong, but I I feel like he needs a more structured... He needs to know where all the shots are coming from before they happen. He's a bit of a guesser, if you will. All right. Next week, uh, the 26th versus Ottawa, the 27th back-to-back at Detroit. So Ottawa at home, then going to Detroit, then Philly... On the first, and then on the third, Zona at 1 p.m. All at home. So the only away game we've got is Detroit. Yeah. Last week we said, I said that the Caps would go 2-1. and one. I was completely right. But they did lose in, in OT. So Polly, who was a fucking naysayer, said they were going to go 1-2. and two. He'd already thrown in the towel like a hater on the season. Yeah, that's me. I said, Ovi was going to get three goals. And I was correct with two. He got two. Okay. Well, you know, I think you're bringing us down. Polly. I think you're just bringing us down with your guesses. So what do you think for next week? Uh, um, well, coming off of what you just said, two and two. Yeah. All right. Fucking downer. Um, two and two, man. Really? I mean, Ottawa, Philly, and Zona? You don't think we win? <laughs> you know what? You're right. You've convinced me. Three, no, no, no. I don't want to. Three wanna... and one. 
Three and one. You've convinced. that's what I'm doing. I'm going three and one. I mean, I don't think. And and look again, every week is a do or die week. Um, I would love to see the Caps go four and zero, oh, but instead I'm going to go three zero oh, and one. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You've I think become just, what you hate. I'm do yes. I have become what I hate. I'm going with the OT loss. Zero regulation. If I mean, look, this this week we get zero rego losses. That would be insane. We do have, uh, you know, Lapierre has been called up to replace Oshi. Uh, during just this week, we've seen Osh, Mantha, and Dowd go down. Yeah. We've called up Dubé, who had a good shot. He wasn't. He was really shielded on on minutes. He's. I think is going to get another look drawing into the lineup. I think that uh, you know. Ethan Bear or Alexiev maybe on a revolving door. And then I think that ultimately we're going to see Hendricks Lapierre draw in as well. Good. Ovi goals? Three. I'll go three, two. All right. All right. So that's it. Caps fans, Thursday, I'm going to be talking about the PSF app that I've been uh, shamelessly plugging and, and talk a little bit more about how it works. Polly, what what's snack time with Polly Cupcakes? Talk about some USA hockey. USA hockey? All right. Fuck yeah. I love to hear it. Until Thursday, Cavs fans, thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you thought about our breakdown, if you like it better. Um, you know, if anybody's listening out there, which probably is just a bunch of bots, but whatever. <laughs> We're doing it for you, bots. Uh, until Thursday, though, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Polly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.